I've heard people say, oh, the kingdom of God is heaven. Yeah, it's a palace of gold. It's your mansion or your estates. But I love how Paul described it. He says the kingdom of God is not in eating and drinking. You know, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. When we seek God's kingdom, we seek that his will be evident here on earth. While we are still here, so there is an eternal conversation ongoing. We are assured of where it is that we will spend eternity. But while we are still journeying here on earth, we seek that his will be established. We make happen his will here on earth through the help of the Holy Spirit. We are conduits of his blessings, channels through which his love will flow here. So, an intentional life, a great life, is one that is focused on ensuring that God's agenda be fulfilled here on earth. When we pray kingdom-minded prayers, this is beyond us. This is beyond just praying for my daily needs. What I will eat, what I will drink, what I will wear. Jesus says these are the things that the people of the world labor after. When we pray kingdom-minded prayers, it means that we spend time in intercessions. We intercede for people. It means that we bear others' burdens, the burdens of others. It means that we are concerned about the state of our nation. We pray for tribes. We pray for families. We pray for individuals. We pray for organizations. We pray for nations. Colossians chapter 4 verse 12 says, Epaphras, who is one of you, a bond servant of Christ, greets you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers. You know, Paul is one person that exemplifies this for us. Because through, throughout, you know, his letters, he would always make mention of the fact that, look, this person is praying for you, or I'm praying for you, or pray for me. He was a guy that was very big on prayers. Very big on prayers. So this guy, Epaphras, obviously a disciple of Jesus Christ, a born servant of Christ. Paul refers to him as one who labors fervently for the people of Colossae in prayers. That they may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. One guy praying for, what would you call Colossae now? Please help me, Bible theologians. Is Colossae a nation or a tribe or a, a, a part of somewhere, Sha? A people in what? Somebody was an island. <laughs> really? Anyway, let's just say the, a, a group of people, you know, a, or a state. A state within, I don't know, maybe the Roman Empire, I guess. I don't know. When we pray kingdom minded prayers, we are praying for others. We pray for Christians. We pray for the body of Christ. How many of us actually take time to pray in those directions? That you've just taken your eyes off yourself for a moment and just said, Lord, what are you saying about Nigeria? Lord, I commit the children that are trapped in that cave into your hands. 
Let there be deliverance. That we are, you know, just interceding. When we intercede, we stand in the gap. When we intercede, we present. You know, intercession is, de is defined as the act of mediating. So there are two parties and then you are in between. You mediate on behalf of both parties. When we intercede, we stand in that gap and we present one person to our father. We present a nation to our father. We present a family in trouble or in need to our father. And we say, Father, do that which only you can. Fix this, Lord. We present a friend. When we pray kingdom-minded prayers, we take our eyes off ourselves and our situations. That is a great life. A great life is not one that is seeking to enjoy it all, hammer, blow, live a good life, just be all right, make all the money so that my family will not suffer. No, absolutely not. And at the end of the day, I want to make heaven. Full stop. A great life is beyond that. God is constantly looking for people to stand in the gap. He says in Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30, And I sought for a man among them, that they should make up the edge and stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it. But I found none. I found none. What is the Holy Spirit nudging your heart for that you think is beyond you? Pierre would always ask us, what is that thing that is bigger than you that God has committed into your hands? What is beyond you that your human mind cannot fathom? That you think, isn't it just a waste of time just praying for that? Is there, how can I be here and be praying for that country? What's, what's going to happen? Is it going to get done? Leave it. Your responsibility is to pray. God's responsibility is to answer. Ask, and he will do it. He only needs people that will stand in the gap, according to Ezekiel 20 here. I'm looking for people who will stand in the gap, but I found none. When we pray kingdom-minded prayers, we are joining God in his work here on earth. We're joining him in his work here on earth. And that is what he wants us to do. He wants us to be able to seek his heart and ask questions about others. Ask questions about nations. Ask questions about our friends that are going, you know, going through a tough time. So that he can give us a word and we can you know, reach out to them and say, God says to do this. He wants his love to flow through you. He wants to use you as a conduit. But we need to make ourselves available. We need to take our eyes off ourselves just for a bit. That is a great life. A great life is one that is selfless. I remember something happened to me, I think it was last week, Tuesday. I was taking my daughter off to school and I got to... Ikate, just the traffic light there. And I remember I was reading, I think it was Romans 12 or so, and I got to that path, uh, the, the part of scripture that I can't remember precisely where, and I think it's the last one, where it spoke about when you don't do things in faith, it is sin. And as I lifted up my head, the light turned green, and 
we continued. We're about to get to the junction where the, the, the junction that had every, all the roads, you know, the intersection there. And the Holy Spirit said to me, declare that there will be no accidents. I, I simply obeyed. You know, but I remember just declaring that there will be no accidents, declaring that the roads are safe, the roads are safe, and just praying. And I then, on my way to work, I began to think, like, well, God, people drive recklessly. Even as I was coming, and I was, I was having that argument with the Holy Spirit that, and he said, didn't you just remember the scripture you read? Just do it. Yours is to do. You don't know who it is that you have interceded for. At that spot, uh, you know, that moment when I said, declare that the roads are safe. Yours is to obey. Don't question whether people are, just trust me that I would have mercy. I know people are reckless. I know people drive drunk. I know people don't obey traffic lights. But yours is to obey and leave it. So guys, it's our responsibility as children of God to stand in the gap and present others to our Father. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 to 2 says, Therefore I exhort first of all that all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. So we make supplications, we make prayers, we intercede, and we give thanks on behalf of all men. All. There are no exceptions including that boss that you don't like. Maybe when you start to pray for the boss, the boss attitude will change towards you. I found myself, and I don't say this, you know, but over time, it's one approach the Holy Spirit has given me to deal with offense. I spend time in prayer for the people that I'm offended against. I begin to declare that they are blessed. They've hurt me. They have done me evil. evil. But I'm declaring that they are blessed. I'm declaring that their, the works of their hands prosper. And I remember as I'm there, painfully making those prayers and possibly crying. Because I don't understand how I'm blessing. But it's scripture. Bless your enemies. Pray for those who despitefully use you. But you see what happens in that process is that God heals my heart. I'm the one who's changed. I'm the one who's transformed. That was a strategy the Holy Spirit gave me for dealing with offense. I pray for them. I, as in, I leave all else and I take them up as a project. I am praying day and night because I have realized that's the solution for healing for me so that I don't dwell in offense. So who are you mentioning in your prayers? Whose name are you calling in your prayers? Or has it been all about you? Paul's letters are full of prayers for the saints. And for the body of Christ. Oh, these people, these are they used to do. They used to bow down, they used to stand up. They don't do somehow. They, they are not the real ones. What is your own? Your responsibility is to pray for them. Pray that they would encounter light. Pray that they would find truth. You think that your way is better. Pray for them. Just pray. Several examples you know, of Paul praying for people. You know, Philippians 1, 3, 6. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. Sometimes I wonder, Paul, with the amount of time you spend praying for people, when did you find time to write all these letters? 
Because he clearly was a man of prayer. He was a man given to prayer. We have not stopped praying for you. That's Colossians chapter 1. And asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will. Paul's prayers were very deep. Very powerful. And I encourage you, search the scriptures for those prayers. Search them for those prayers. And use them. Pray for people. Pray for yourself. Philippians 1.19, it says, For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. So he acknowledges the fact that others also pray for him. So as he prays for people, you know, you, you saw prayer, you read prayer. Lastly, the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith. Somebody mentioned when I asked um, who are our models in the scripture, when it came to prayer, somebody mentioned Jabez, and I liked that. Because Jabez was one guy who made an audacious request, a bold request to God, and asked for a transformation of his circumstance. You know, his, name, his mother had named him strangely. But Bible records that he was more honorable than his brother's. And he turns to God and just, he placed a demand. He made a request. Oh, that you will bless me indeed. Enlarge my territory. Keep me from evil, that I will not cause pain, that I will not hurt people. And the Bible says God granted his request. The Bible also refers, you know, says that, you know, you have not received because you did not ask. When we pray, do we even believe that we will receive answers? And then how do we pray? I've heard people make statements like, if it is God's will, it will he will heal me. Sorry, my H is not working well this night. But you get what I mean. If it's God's will, he would heal me. If it is God's will, I will have money. If it is God's will... You see, when we ask a miss, it's like, okay, I'm about to go to dangerous terrains. I was about to use football analogy. <sighs> I will not do it. But anyway, you understand when somebody is doing anyhow on the field and is expecting that because of the anyhow he's doing, he will score a goal. Sometimes we're like that in our place of prayer. And we are praying and we are just all over the place. We are confused. Jesus said it is not by vain repetitions. It is not by murmurings and mumblings. How much of God's word have you internalized? How much of God's word have you, uh, do, have you engaged? Do you know that you can speak back to him in the place of prayer? That is why we pray in the spirit. Because sometimes we actually mumble and fumble in our prayers. But we trust the Holy Spirit to guide and package those our prayers and, you know, make sure that we are saying the right things eventually. And he begins to give us utterance. When we pray prayers that are backed by faith, it means that we are requiring and requesting a supernatural intervention 
an intervention that people will look at and say, this is the finger of God. This is the hand of God. Man could not have done this. There are usually prayers that are, you know, for things or requests that are beyond us. Where we just look to, the, to our Father and we're like, all of you are nothing. I trust you with this. We need to be very careful as Christians and, you know, avoid the, or be careful of the elder brother mentality in the prodigal son. You all are familiar with the story of the prodigal son and his elder brother who comes, uh, the, the brother comes back and then this elder brother who has served diligently, he's so upset and starts to whine. Oh, but I have stayed. But I didn't, I did it, you know, I did it all. I live by the books. And the father said, all that you have is mine. The guy could also have made a request. But we are like that in the place of prayer. Oh God, how could you have allowed this happen to me? Oh God, I, you know, and we just cry and whine and whine and whine and whine and we don't ask. I remember one of my staff saying something to me during the week. So we recently just procured a laptop for her. She, her laptop has been acting up for quite some time. And then that day, I needed an information and the laptop had gone crazy as it sometimes did. And so I insisted, I called procurement manager, I need a laptop for this lady. First thing, it was on Friday. I said, first thing on Monday, please have it delivered and set up. So I was then seeing her on Tuesday, and she goes, oh, by the way, thank you for my laptop. After we finished the conversation, it's like, because I've been on it for quite a while. And I said, you know, all you ever did was complain that your machine was faulty, but you never made a request. And that's how we are with God. We complain. We whine. We cry. But we don't ask. We don't make a demand of our father. And we say we are his children. We expect that, I mean, yes, he knows all that we need, even before we ask. But sometimes he wants us to just ask. He wants us to just place a demand and utilize the authority that we have as his children and make requests. When we pray in faith, we acknowledge that all power belongs to God and that with him nothing is impossible. So earlier I was speaking about how that sometimes we qualify our prayers and we say if it is God's will. Why would I say if it is God's will for me to be healed? When the scriptures tell, clearly tell me that it is desire that I prosper and be in health. Even as my soul prospers. Why would I say if it is God's will for me to, you know, have a good life? make an income, be wealthy. When the scriptures tell me that all that Jesus Christ suffered was that so, he, I mean, he took on poverty so that through his poverty, I will be rich. We need to engage the scriptures more as children of God and see his promises there so that when we pray, we know what it is we are saying. A lot of times we're quick to refer to when Jesus Christ 
said, oh, Lord, if it be your will, let this cup pass over me. That was a prayer of consecration and submission. It was his flesh at one, not because Jesus was confused about the will of the Father. He clearly knew that God's will was for him to go to that cross. But hey, when you know what is ahead of you, sometimes your flesh just... And Jesus was in human form. But he said, nevertheless, not as I will, but yours. So we then take that scripture and we run with it and say, if it is God's will for me to be healed. It is his will for you to have sound health. It is his will for you to have life and to have it more abundantly. James 4, 2-3 says, you lost and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war. Yet you do not have because you do not ask. Simple. Are we asking? Are we asking the Lord? Are we bringing our needs and requests to him? And more importantly, are we asking with faith? Mark eleven twenty four 24 says, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Whatever you ask when you pray, believe that you have received. That means that at the place of prayer, even before I get up, before I leave, I believe that I have received that which I have demanded of my father. It is then that I will have it. We wait for the manifestation first. No. Faith says that I have not seen it, but I know that I have it because I have made a request of my father. I have not seen it. We wait for the manifestation. No, I have it already. So I walk as one who is healthy. If I'm trusting God for health. I walk as one who has money. I don't say, oh, no, I'm broke. I, I, well, yeah, so you know how these things are when you say, oh, reality. And uh, sometimes we Christians can be very, we, we speak Christianese. But sometimes you have to speak the Christianese so that it can become your reality. You say, I'm flowing in an abundance of wealth. I have more to spend, more to save, more to give. I am a blessing. I don't look at the, my bank account to determine that I am blessed of God. Absolutely not. Whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you have received them. I say it again. Your believing starts from the place of prayer. Not until you have seen it. No. As you are praying, you are believing that you have received some of us need to pray to God for more faith. For grace to trust him more. And you know, I can relate. Because I found my myself in, in, in certain seasons. Where it just looks like my faith is not enough. And I pray like that man who brought his child to Jesus. And Jesus asked him, do you believe that I can? And he says, yes. Help my own belief. Sometimes I've had to ask God. Father, I believe. Help my own belief. If there be any iota of doubt about who you are and what you can do in this situation, help me. Let grace cover me. Bible says in James chapter 5 verse 16, it says the effective 
fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. It is dynamic in its working. Continuous, heartfelt, effective, effectual prayer. There's power available when we pray. When we utilize the name of Jesus, there is much power available. Sometimes I say to myself, I'm not sure you understand the power in the name of Jesus. And I ask God, show me, teach me, help me experience it. I, 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 I pray never to get to a place where I become familiar. Where I become familiar with that name is a wonder-working name. That name, there is much power available in that name. I remember an experience I had in uni. You know how it is when you, you, you get born again. I got born again as a teenager, and, but yeah, in and out, in and out. But I had then begun to attend a particular fellowship on campus, and I was learning about the power in the name of Jesus, praying in the Holy Ghost, and all of that. So I had started, I started praying midnight, you know, when you'd be feeling like uh, you, you are there, you are strong. You know, and um, so we used to, my, my hostel then had this mountain top. So the Christians, also, we always called it mountain top because it just felt like you were very close to heaven. So I would come back from class and then go up there and pray. So this particular day, I had been praying for a couple of days. At 12 o'clock, I'll go there and just pray, just pray in the Holy Ghost, just be enjoying my father, just be, just be having fun. And as I was praying one day, alas, I guess the devil wanted to say, Shabby, you, you are there. Let me test you small. Now, I'm not one who is quick to believe in all oh, operations of the, the devil. Let me first check if it is me that has misbehaved first before I'm attributing things to, but guess what? I mean, the forces of darkness are very real. Principalities and power, they exist. So, up there, there is no light, nothing. And as I was praying, all of a sudden, there, there was, there's a water tank, maybe by where that, um, the door is. And I was right here, just praying and pacing. And by that water tank, I see light, fire, like somebody put... Um, what you might call it, uh, firewood, you know, put wood together and then lit a bonfire. And I see these two strange fellows, women, there, with fire. Why are they lighting fire? Firewood fire in a school environment, you know? And I just began to, I was just, I just continued my prayers. So I backed them and I began to feel, <laughs> I began to feel the hair on my body rise, and my body was just doing somehow, somehow. <sighs> to be honest, I can't lie to you. I've never had such an experience before then or even after. And every part of me, I was just cold. So I thought, oh, yeah, it's about 12 o'clock. It's okay to be cold. You know, because I was trying, my, my, my mind was trying to reason it out logically, like, but why will there be fire there? And then all of a sudden, I turn and face, and I see the two women coming to me. Ha. And I began to pray. You know, my, my tongues, 
I was screaming it. I was short of screaming for help. Hey, and I was just screaming the tongues up and down. They were just coming slow motion. I said, am I dreaming? I've never experienced that in my entire life. In fact, I shy away from telling the story because it just sounds like African magic. But for real, it happened to me. And the way I was screaming, I expected my best friend. Our room was not so far away. I expected that she would have heard my voice. And that people, nobody was up there. It was me and this. And, but the interesting thing is God is merciful. I, pr- I, I began to pray out of panic and out of fear. Because I did not know whether they were going to throw me over from that place or I sure did not want them to get close to have an experience. Exactly. They were looking for a lamp for the burnt offering. Anyway, all of a sudden, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me to back them. Yes. And I did. I backed them. And I realized that as I, began, as I continued praying, I became bolder. And I turned and I began to address them. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. They were coming to me myself. I was, I was rebuking. We will kill ourselves here today. And then all of a sudden, they disappeared. I kid you not. They disappeared. But guess what happened? Immediately they disappeared. I carried my Bible. I ran. I took off. I was not ready to come and assume that I... Uh-uh. The Lord delivered me. I just took off from that mountain top. I got to my room and I began to cry. And I was asking my roommates, did you people not hear my voice? No. What happened to you? Ah. I would have been meat for the enemy. My point is, sometimes situations get at us. We become so fearful. We panic. But never ever forget who you are. And the power that exists in the name that is upon you. There is power in the name that you carry because you are a child of God and he would always show up for his own. So when we pray, we pray believing that we have received that which we have demanded from our father and it will be so. So God has dealt, yes, um, one last scripture and then we'll pray. Romans 12, 3, it says, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. According as God had dealt, dealt to every man the measure of faith. We all have a measure of faith in us. But it's our responsibility to build up our most holy faith. According to Jude verse 20. It's our responsibility to build up that faith that we have. If you say that you don't have faith, then it means we're saying God is a liar. Because the scripture clearly tells us that there is a measure of faith in us as children of God. So God responds to faith. He does not respond to much speaking. He does not respond to tantrums or a emotional blackmail. Oh God, if you don't do it. He wants you to ask him and ask him faith. Believe that you will receive it. Sometimes when we think we blackmail God, it is his mercy. We have simply enjoyed mercy. We have enjoyed the grace that we carry as his children. Not because he's moved by your emotional blackmail. No. I'd like us to pray. I'd like for us to pray. Someone needs to just say to God, Lord, increase my faith. Hey, Father, increase my faith in you. Increase my faith in you. Help me 
to just trust you completely with this particular situation. Help me to trust you with my emotions. Help me to trust you with my health. Help me to trust you with my finances. Help me to trust you with this job. Help me to trust you with this business. Someone needs to ask for faith. Lord, help me build up my faith. Build me up. And as you build me up, that the measure of faith in me increases. That it grows. That it grows. That it grows. Lord, I acknowledge my need for you. Help me utilize the name, the power in the name of Jesus. Always. Help me keep my faith intact. Let not situations, let not circumstances that come my way overwhelm me such that I forget who I am in you and the power that I wield in you. The authority I have as a believer. Because your word says that no trial or tribulation or, or temptation will come to me that I, I cannot handle. So it means that for every situation that I find myself, whether by accident, by error, by omission, commission, whatever, even whether by, be it an oppression or oppression of the enemy, it means that I have the power to overcome because I am your child. So tonight in the name of Jesus, I decree that I maximize the authority that I have in Christ. That I walk in the name of Jesus. That I live in the name of Jesus. That I dwell in the name of Jesus. That by this name, mountains become level ground before me. That at the mention of this name, every time I open my mouth and call this name. That I experience the supernatural. That I receive answers. If you have a prayer language, now is a good time to pray. We have just learned about praying in the Holy Ghost. And if you do not have a prayer language and you desire it, our ministers and counselors are here. That as I speak, I speak mysteries. That there's a cost correction happening in the spirit on my behalf. Begin to make declarations. Begin to make declarations. Begin to declare God's word concerning you. As the Holy Spirit grants you utterance, begin to speak. It is well with me. It is well with my emotions. I am strong. I am healthy. I am full of life. I live a life of abundance. Money locates me. I am at the right place at the right time. I enjoy profitable relationships. I enjoy divine orchestrations. Malika lupra deseke lika sopoyonte shababa neko soto yebo kosete 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for tonight. Thank you so much for speaking to us. Have your way, Lord, in every heart here. In every situation, Lord. Every burden that has been deposited at your feet tonight. Father, we demand a miracle. And we receive testimonies. We receive grace to walk as the people that you have created us to be. That we behold ourselves through the eyes of Jesus. That as you see us, we see ourselves. You see us whole because you made us whole. So we walk in that wholeness in the name of Jesus. Thank you, most high God. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Let's celebrate Jesus. Hallelujah. Okay, so quickly, if you're worshiping with us for the first time, can we meet you? 